0: This is for income tax purposes. For sales from services and intangible property, there is no throwback rule. So that throwback rule only applies for tangible personal property sales. So if you provide a service to a customer located in a state and you are not taxable in that state, it doesn't come back. Those sales do not come back to California. You are listening to US Tax, a podcast for Australian accountants with US clients.
1: Welcome to Update US 27 of US Tax. This is Heide Robson. Let's talk about state tax sourcing routes. How do you determine which income is taxable in which state? If you sell into California, but also into lots of other states, how do you determine what is taxable in California and what is taxable elsewhere? That is the question that Ed Antolin of Velajo Antolin agarvel or in short WAC in Walnut Creek, California, will discuss with you.
0: a simple way that i think about it remember sales tax only applies if the sale occurs in california and that is the transfer of title or possession occurs in california so you're talking generally about situations where you are in person with the buyer and the seller in the same place and there is a transfer of the good so in general sales tax applies in those situations and it's not that complicated to determine the location of that transaction uh, in general for for retailers in California. For out-of-state sellers yeah, selling into California, if the out-of-state seller is outside of California because they're out-of-state, then it is going to be a use tax transaction. And that is taxed at the location of the purchaser because the use tax is imposed on the purchaser.
1: What was this comment about that California is a hybrid, a modified origin sales tax state. That is basically then just within California, isn't it? Because then within California, you also need to work out where it is sourced, correct? For the state tax, you don't need to work out where it is sourced. But for the uh, local tax, which I think is the council tax, and then also down to the district, you have sourcing rules again, correct? Correct.
0: Yes, yes. Because each county and each local city or taxing district can impose small sales tax. As I mentioned before, it's all collected and administered by the state, but all these different levels of government in California can add on to the sales tax and it's collected by the state. So there is this issue of, well, how do you allocate the sales taxes that are collected by the state. And it does go to generally for sales tax, as I mentioned, it's the location of where the sale takes place or where the actual property is located. But sometimes the counties or cities may disagree and there may be disputes about who, who should be allocated the sales tax on certain transactions. That comes up occasionally. There's been legislation to kind of clarify exactly who is entitled to uh, sales tax revenue at the county or city level. There was an example where jet fuel was being technically purchased at some office away from the airport, but delivered, of course, at the airports. And for a while there, there was some uncertainty which location would be entitled to that sales tax in those transactions, the local piece of the sales tax in those transactions. And that's kind of an example of where that might come up. But like I said, legislation kind of clarifies that and says it doesn't matter where you sign the contract in those situations. It's where the fuel is actually delivered.
1: So for sales and transactions within California, it's destination based. Wherever the customer is, that is the city or the district or the county that is getting the uh, sales tax. Yes,
0: that's right. That's right.
1: Okay, so it's destination based. And is that the case in most states across the US, that most sales tax are destination based where the customer is?
0: Yeah, I would think so. And again, it comes in mostly into play when it's local taxes and trying to allocate which local jurisdictions are entitled to the the tax from the state level for sales tax, they're not going to care because it's within California. So they get the tax regardless of where the seller is or the buyer is.
1: So for our Australian Propriety Limited that is selling into California from another state, all these sourcing routes for sales tax doesn't matter anyway, because we are looking at use tax for this Propriety Limited. And I assume that use tax is just purely destination based. And if our Australian Propriety Limited has a warehouse in California and is selling out of that warehouse, then everything is also based on destination. So I have no idea why I read somewhere that it is a modified origin sales tax state. We put that aside. It's usually just based on the destination. That's my
0: understanding as well.
1: That's how pretty much all states work, correct? Yeah, I think
0: so. Although I haven't, can't say that I've looked at all 50 states, but that's my understanding.
1: Yes, good. So that is sales tax and now income tax. And the way income tax works with respect to sourcing rules is I think if the company is located in California, it still doesn't pay Californian income tax on its full income. It only pays Californian income tax on the income that is sourced in California, correct?
0: I'm assuming in this example that it's a C corporation. And so say it's based here in California, but it is making sales to California customers and to non-California customers. So yes, the general rule is that it's pays California income tax as a corporation on income from California sources. And you determine that by doing apportionment based on its sale. You take its total income, wherever earned, and you apply an apportionment fraction, which is California sales over sales everywhere.
1: The question is, how does that apportionment take place? Is it based on where the customer is?
0: So it depends on what the business is selling. So if it is selling tangible personal property... Yes, it is destination-based, and there's some exceptions to that, but the general rule is if you are selling sneakers to a customer in Nevada, then those sales are treated as Nevada sales, so they are not included in the California numerator of the apportionment formula, but there are exceptions to that, and the most important one is the throwback rule, which I think we'll talk about later, but I'll just mention it here, which is if you are a California based customer or seller corporation and you are making sales of tangible property to customers outside of the state, then the general rule is that the sales are sourced to those states, the sales of tangible personal property. But if you are not taxable in that other state for whatever reason, then those sales get thrown back to California if you shipped the goods from a location in california so you store your inventory in california so that's the throwback rule so now those sales even though they go to a customer in some other state if you're not taxable in that other state those sales come back to california and go into the numerator of your california apportionment percentage so it increases your california taxable income
1: mm-hmm. and so when you decide on where to put your warehouse you look at income tax rates and whether there is even an income tax But then you also look at the throwback rules. If the state has a throwback rule, then it's not great. If they have a throwout rule, then it's great. What happens to the states that have neither? Neither a throwback nor a throwout or throwaway, I think it's called. How is this handled in the states that don't have either?
0: Well, if they don't have any of those rules, then those sales that you send to customers in another state, those never come back into the numerator of the apportionment percentage of the state where you're based, where you have your inventory.
1: Not having any rule basically means you have a throwaway rule.
0: Yes, yes. If you're not taxable in that other state, then there's going to be some nowhere income. So income that is not assigned to a state that is imposing a tax.
1: So the main thing you just have to look at is whether there is a throwback rule or not in the state you are considering for your warehouse. And I think it's only a handful of states that have a throwback rule, correct? I think if I just quickly, I think I might have written it down. Now, let me just quickly tell you which states have throwback rules. If I counted it correctly, it's 23 states. And it is, let's just count it as we go. So, number one, Alabama, two, Alaska, three, Kansas, four, California, five, Colorado, six, Hawaii, seven, Idaho, eight, Illinois, nine, Kansas, ten, Massachusetts, Ele- ten, Mississippi. I can't do this. I'm sorry. I can't count and read. So let's start again Alabama, Alaska, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Hawaii, Idaho, Illinois, Kansas, Massachusetts, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, New Hampshire, New Mexico, North Dakota, Oklahoma, Oregon, Rhode Island, Utah, Vermont, Washington, DC, and Wisconsin. So if you base your warehouse in one of these states or somehow create a physical presence in these states or you create an economic nexus by exceeding the amount of sales or the number of transactions, then you have created a nexus to this state. And then if you also have sales to another state where there is no income tax, then these states will claim the tax on those sales and I forgot to ask Ed what happens if you have a nexus to several states with throwback rules how is it and then decided who gets the tax on the sales from income tax free states I'm not sure about that but let's go back to Ed anyway so we are basically always destination based for sales tax we are destination based and for income tax we are also destination based Correct?
0: For sales of tangible personal property for income tax, yes, it is destination based, certainly for California. And I think for most states, it's kind of a simple rule for tangible personal property. Where it gets murkier is if you are a business and you are providing a service or deriving income from non tangible property, like IP licenses and things like that, then the rules vary from state to state much more. And in California, the rule is for income tax purposes only, that the sales that you receive from providing a service or from intangible property are sourced to the state where the benefit is received by the customer. And that is a bit of a murky rule because it's sometimes dependent on information that the customer may have. And that the seller may not have, if you're providing a service to a customer, customer may take that service and you may not know exactly the states where that service is being utilized. And so that makes it a little bit difficult. So what California says that if you don't have enough information to know where the state of the benefit is being received is, then you can use other methods that are reasonable to assign the source for sales from services or intangible property
1: oh well that's nice of them to say that i was expecting you would say if you're not sure where the source is just assume it's california i was expecting you to say that
0: (laughs) yeah they're not they're bad but they're not they're not that bad and they're constantly trying to tinker with their regulations to try to clarify exactly well how are you supposed to apply that kind of almost unworkable rule in california it is a bit of a challenge. One thing I'll note though, this is for income tax purposes. For sales from services and intangible property, there is no throwback rule. So that throwback rule only applies for tangible personal property sales. So if you provide a service to a customer located in a state and you are not taxable in
1: that state, it doesn't come back. Those sales do not come back to California. Welcome back. So to determine which net income is taxable where, You look at sales, you determine the sales for each state and then you apply that percentage to your net income. That portion of net income is then taxable in that particular state. But in addition, if a particular state has the throwback rule, then any net income in tax-free states is then also added to your taxable income in that state, but only for tangible personal property, so not for services. I forgot to ask Ed Antolin what you do when you have sales in two states with a throwback rule. So let's say you have sales in California and Colorado. Both states use the throwback rule. But then you also sell into Wyoming, which has no state income tax. So the throwback rule applies. But which state gets that income? California or Colorado? That's the question I forgot to ask. So I emailed Ed and this is what he kindly wrote back. Quote. Regarding the throwback rule question, if a state has a throwback rule, like California, the sales get thrown back to the state from which the goods were sent. For example, if I store inventory in California and sell to a customer in Wyoming, the sales are thrown back to California. So the answer to your question is, the state that gets the throwback is the state from which the inventory was sent. End of quote. So... In our example of California versus Colorado, if the goods were sent from California, California gets to tax the Wyoming net income. And if the goods were sent from Colorado, then Colorado gets to tax that income under the throwback rules, since Wyoming has no income tax. So that makes it even more important to store your goods in a low-tax state. In the next update, update number 28, let's talk about PL 86272, Public Law 86272, which plays a crucial role when you're looking for a location of your distribution center. Edwin Antolin of vallejo Antelin Aga valcanta or in short WAC in Walnut Creek, California, will walk you through California's Technical Memorandum to PL 86272. Until then, thank you for listening, bye for now, and see you in the next update.